1: Sex trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Okoro slammed it home. Garland upstairs. Oh,
0: Sixson inside. Oh A thunderous dunk. Th- th- and Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media Family. I'm your host Justin Rowan. The Cleveland Cavaliers are eight and two since Evan Mobley has returned to the lineup. Isaac Okoro playing so much better. Broke out of his slump. He's killing it. Kevin Love looking like vintage Minnesota Kevin love we got so much to talk about but before we get into that support for this podcast and the following message comes from zoom half a million businesses connect using zoom a single platform for phone chat workspaces events apps and video zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe zoom how the world connects and connecting with me now a laboring
1: carter rodriguez how you doing buddy i got my booster yesterday man and i am uh i got it yesterday afternoon went to bed feeling good thought i was home scot-free woke up today achy as could be um, I, I, I am, am uh,
0: feeling for you man because uh trish got hers on friday and i was caring for her the majority of the weekend uh so you soldiering through this is greatly appreciated i really hope it's not a multi-day thing i'm going to raleigh tomorrow <laughs> well the good news is she was mostly okay the the second day a little bit of brain fog
1: but you know what still a, a, a little achy breaky i like probably about where my brain is normally so we'll <laughs> we'll call it a break even you know what that's fair uh
0: last time we did the podcast it was early morning i was gross my brain wasn't working so now
1: this is my turn to a have... lot of people really liked the early morning uh pod i feel I like. we got a lot of like oh these guys are real you know, <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're not filtering anything. They're, they're just dumb idiots who just woke up. And I, I think that was the truest version of us that, the, that, our, our, our loyal listeners got to see
0: every now and then you got to peel back the curtain, right? Let, let people know that we're all not always these polished professionals, you know, with podcasting out of <laughs> our, uh, out
1: of our yeah, home office. <laughs> First word to describe us is polished you know what carter
0: though it was a really great sports weekend for me i'm feeling great congratulations Uh, buddy i i had monday off so i got to witness three Cavs wins over the weekend as well as my third championship as a fan once again a player named Kyrie sealing a championship for a team that i care about so that that was the wildest
1: interceptions you'll
0: ever see oh a three tip a three tip interception in overtime A,
1: a diving scoop into the air uh, to to push the ball back into the waiting hands of the defender to seal the championship win in overtime. That, I'll tell that, you, thank what. thank you,
0: Cincinnati uh, Bengals for cutting Winston Rose. Uh, he he spent uh, the last year and a half there uh, after winning the Grey Cup in 2019. Came back for the championship run and uh, scooped it back up in the air for Kyrie Wilson to uh, pick it off. And I won't and seal lie, to you. I don't know how run. the
1: scoring works. It was very overwhelming. <laughs> I I, I, I watched to be a good friend, but I, there were a few times where I was I was very. I, I forgot about the no fourth down thing it's, I was like, what are they doing <laughs> it's it's a game changer there there was some questionable decision
0: making in there but you know what we're not here talking about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers no one cares about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers what they care about is the Cleveland Cavaliers earning a tiebreaker over the Miami Heat Um, I I said it on the last podcast we're in a world where that matters which is crazy it it really does matter like when you look at the the situation this season uh, the the Cavs are going to be fighting for home court Um, it's a really tight race in the Eastern Conference and I said it before uh, during the last podcast and I said it before the game as well. I felt like that was going to be a tougher game than a lot of people were giving it credit for. Uh, Miami had beat Milwaukee with their big three, first loss of the season for Milwaukee with all three of those guys in the lineup. Um, And the other factor too, uh, which I didn't mention on the podcast, is Eric Spolstra getting a second look at this Cleveland Cavaliers team. Like you still had a lot of veterans on Miami. Uh, they, they obviously remember how the last game went, and you could tell they were doing things to try to anticipate what the Cavs are doing. They were playing more physical. There's almost a little bit of 2015 Cavs Warriors in the way that uh they were bumping Garland on, on every screen and, and trying to wear the Cavs down physically. And I, I thought the Cavs did a really good job overall responding to that intensity.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a fun game. Like, you know, just from the perspective of it kind of wasn't that well played by the Cavs. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't think that, you know, this one's going in there, you know, going uh, five of 16 from the field is going into Darius's, (laughs) you know, personal favorites he's ever played. Uh, Laurie had a really rough game from the field Uh, again, just, just kind of just okay, I thought Jared Allen had a good game, but, you know, only got six shots up, which I, you know, we always say is kind of a precursor or an indicator for how good the offense is humming based on how much, how in the action he is. So his six attempts while, you know, efficient went six of six and then five of five from the line, like, you know, one of those games for him. And then Evan Mobley looked like a real rookie out there. Mm -hmm. I think a bad game. Um, One of his very rare bad games. And yet they won anyway. And they won relatively decisively because of the way that this team can win, can kill you in 10 different ways.
0: Yeah, and you didn't mention it, but Jetty Osman having a rough first shift and not getting beyond six minutes, right? Uh, Lamar Stevens stepped up in a, in a way that was meaningful. Isaac Okoro, as I mentioned, having yet another great game. Uh, I think we should give him a shout-out here over, over this winning streak. He's averaging 15.8 points, shooting 46.7% from three on four attempts a night. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't expect him to do that because if he does that, the rest of the season and and shoots 47% from three. Um, We are going to have to shift our expectations once again, but I think this is another example. I would say I would, we would categorize that one as unlikely. (laughs) We we would also categorize that as bananas. Uh, You know what? This entire season has been a fever dream and, even me, even crazy me doesn't want to, is not allowing myself to believe that that's possible. But I, I think it is an example though, of what we've seen throughout this development period for the calves, which is hardworking players that are bought in that are sacrificing given enough time and given enough reps are going to become more comfortable. They're going to figure out exactly what they do well, how they can complement the rest of the roster. And I think a lot of credit needs to go to a coral, like recognizing, okay, I'm going to create opportunities for myself in transition. Now that uh, we're a little healthier, I'm going to cut. Uh, they're they're cheating. They're playing a big ball denial defense uh, in Miami. I'm going to cut off ball. I'm, I'm going to try to be active and create things in those ways. Obviously the three point shooting helps, but I, I like his overall game. I, I like what he's been bringing to the table lately.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard not to be thrilled with it, you know, especially given how dire the start of the season was. I think yep. there was a lot of legitimate concerns. You know, it looked like a guy who was, and, and this happens, by the way, you know, like I, we, we like to mostly talk about fun stuff on this podcast, but there are rookies who have pretty good rookie years and, you know, okay, you know, some warts. And then those warts actually get exacerbated. Yeah, going into year two and they stopped being useful, you know, like and like there was, you know, if you were an angsty lad, as I can be at times, you know, <laughs> you can say, oh, no, is is you know, is he is he is has the offense really regressed? Is he just hurt? I don't know. And you needed to see a three game stretch where he scores 16, 20 and 18 uh efficiently while putting up threes and keeping the defense honest. Yeah. You needed to see it. Um, I think he, it's really really important for his
0: own confidence yes. too. Like you could tell, it was getting to him a little bit.
1: Yeah, I would say so. So like, you want to see the these guys kind of battle through their problems. And we talked about this, and a few people uh, outside of us have talked about it. How you know, one of the advantages to how thin the calves are on the wing right now is JB doesn't really have a lot of options. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, like he can't just bench Isaac till he feels safe with him again. Like Isaac has to play through this stuff. And to some extent, like, I think that's a good thing, especially given the fact that it hasn't killed the team. So like, you're looking at what is happening. They're surviving with him out there when he was not playing well. Yeah. And now that he is playing well, it, you know, the results are kind of self-evident. He's they're, they're knocking the crap out of everybody. Yeah. I think my daughter just flung open my door. <laughs> I'm Millie. Millie making a podcast appearance. You love to see it. Hopefully, she, is, she doesn't charge for that. Did you see? Uh, did you see how at the pace at which that door just flew open? That, <laughs> this girl is, is a future lineman. I'll tell you what. <laughs> she, she reminds removed, me she, of that. She uh, can push the pile.
0: It reminds me of that news video at the, the start of the pandemic where uh, the kids broke in <laughs> to the office while the guy oh, was yeah, on the yeah, middle yeah. of a call. So um, good.
1: But yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, it just feels like the the like the fact that they've survived when he was not playing well, it, like, it just feels like they have so much margin for error, which is crazy because there's nothing I would say about this team the last couple of years where I felt like they had no margin for error.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I, I would anticipate as he gets more comfortable and as this, season continues to progress and these guys grow and, and learn how to play with one another we'll see more wrinkles i i thought actually a, a really smart one uh was brought up on on today's dunker spot podcast with nikias duncan and uh, steve jones jr if you guys I- don't listen to that podcast man it is so good Absolutely. And they started off today's podcast talking about the Cavs, talking about just everything that they like about them, which is basically how well, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, like that this does seem like sustainable success, that these pieces work together so well. The, the defense has been great. You're seeing some innovation and creativity from J.B. Bickerstaff on both ends of the floor. Uh, but I, I thought Steve made a really good point uh, about not always having Isaac on the weak side when they're running action, keeping him on the strong side because inevitably his man is still cheating over and that's impacting the ability to run stuff uh, with Darius Garland. So having him on the strong side a little more, if his man cheats off him there, that's a quick pass for him to drive baseline. And then you have maybe Laurie marketing on the the weak side corner to kind of keep the defense a little more off honest and generate spacing. And uh, I would c- expect to see more wrinkles as, as the season progresses. Um, but I, I thought that that was a, a really smart observation, especially when you are playing against a, a team that is playing an aggressive ball denial defense like Miami did.
1: Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense though. With that said, um, well, one, I just, I think diversity, this, this often still just could use as much diversity as possible, putting guys in different spots. I do like that um jb has reduced isaac's shot profile to corner threes mm-hmm. like if you're going to take a shot from outside the arc it's going to be one of the corners that's easiest to do on the weak side and he's showing a little bit of signs of life there yeah um still all wide wide open um but not <clears throat> bricking them like he was earlier in the year the other thing that him that laurie in the weak side or you know that that laurie in the weak side that can do though is and this actually worked is you can run him off flare screens and mm-hmm. i think that that's one of the reasons why i think steve jones is really right in making that suggestion in fact the cavaliers got a wide open lob for evan mobley basically with a fake flare screen uh to, to lori on the weak side where lori went to Carl around evan's man kind of had to go challenge him but they slipped it and evan got a wide open dunk so Having your best shooters on the weak side does have a ton of value. And I thought it was a really, you're right. It was a really smart point from, uh, from the fellows at the dunker spot who we, I just can't recommend enough. Yeah, absolutely, and I do think that the Cavs
0: overall, you're going to be a little more susceptible to uh, teams that play that kind of a defense when you don't have a secondary playmaker. Uh, It was actually kind of counterintuitive. I I figured that in the minutes where Garland and Rubio were out together, they probably did a little bit better offensively against that lineup. That was not the case. Uh, Obviously, noisy when it's a single game sample size but uh the o rating was basically 60 when it was garland and rubio in in 16 minutes and 120 when it was garland uh his 20 minutes without rubio last night so uh i i thought overall though they they responded really well and obviously the biggest contributing factor was kevin love going off for 23 points in the second half um I, i i know we've discussed it before But I I just can't say enough things, good things, about how Kevin Love has played this season, the way that he's embraced uh, a a reduced role coming off of a a tough year where he just wasn't able to get on the court, uh, wasn't even able to get on the court physically and, and look right for Team USA either and for him to come out embrace this role understanding that hey when i'm playing really well i'm going to create more opportunities for myself and when i'm not i'm going to be that veteran presence i'm I'm going to be in the ear of evan mobley all the time i'm going to be giving guidance darius garland and isaac okoro it's i just don't think you can under like I don't think you can overstate just how impactful that is for a team like this. When you have so many young players in the starting lineup and then you have veterans at multiple positions giving advice uh, with that second unit.
1: Yeah. And just, I thought, I thought Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio won them the game. Mm -hmm. I know Isaac had a great game. Um, I know Jared had a great game, but I just thought the steadying presence of those two guys, like, like I think the Cavs were just a little bit flustered with the way that Miami was defending them. I think they look tired, like like they can't kind of fresh legs their way out of this one. Yeah. And I thought the way that Kevin and Ricky just like calmly and coolly expanded that lead, you know? And obviously, you know, no 20-point quarter or whatever the hell he had, which was <laughs> bananas, is going to be quiet, but it was very methodical. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference with that the Cavs have. Compared to any of these other teams, you know, they have guys like Jordan Clarkson who are like the microwaves, the individual guys that kind of like can get buckets and bursts. But the thing that's so cool about the second unit on the Cavs is they're the ones who just like reinsert rhythm and flow into the team when they've lost it. I think that's really what JB does, uses them for Like if, if, if Lamar Stevens is his, Hey, we're not playing hard enough sub Ricky and Kevin are his, Hey, let's just get back to playing the kind of basketball we we wanted to play sub. Yeah. And I think that was what's so cool about this team because you just you don't normally see it like this. This is a really unique situation where teams good and they're starting all their kids. And <laughs> they're they're very talented vets who probably could start in a lot of situations, are relegated to the bench because of the the upside of the kids and because things are going so well. So they just get to like beat the crap out of these second units. They're just less talented. They're just frankly yeah. less talented. Yeah. And uh, again, it's mind
0: boggling that the kids are as good as they are. Uh, I tweeted this out last night, uh, but I I think it needs to be pointed out that when Garland is on the court, the Cavs offense improves by a team best 11.2 points per 100 possessions. With Mobley on the court, the Cavs defense improves by a team best 10.8 points per 100 possessions. And in 618 minutes together, those two have a plus 9.6 net rating. And they're 21 and 20 years old, respectively. Like, that is nuts that, that the, is the
1: straws that stir the drinks i don't think the expression works for plurality but either way i mean really you're right one unlocks the offense one locks the defense and together they uh kick the crap out of everybody yeah um and and, it, and, and you have a lot jared of
0: allen who i i mean i i think it's really important that like he's making such a contribution offensively and that gets a lot of credit. I think he's playing really good defense. He's but- the
1: ultimate glue guy, you know, like he is the one who like, who fills all the gaps for them on, on both sides of the ball, cleans up so many plays. I mean, you know, it's so fun about, I've noticed this with the guards lately that they actually don't even care about over penetrating and putting up a bad shot. If they've gotten the big to come contest them. Yeah. Cause they just know Jared and Evan are going to clean it up. Yeah, like they're like it I, it's not quite Kobe assists, but it is uh pretty much that. Like they're like, "Yeah, I'm probably not going to make this, but they have no one to get the board." And and it's it uh, it's a strategy that really pays dividends for them. Yeah, and I, I think
0: the other factor too is just the physical toll that playing center uh takes on on the body. Like having Jared Allen to absorb a lot of those minutes and to
1: God, can you imagine if if Evan had
0: to play full-time center all year? I don't think he would have the energy to be banging into guys on the
1: offensive end. Right. Like you, you, you know, see? did you see the news with our, our dear Evan? What's that? He's questionable for tomorrow. He's got a sore hip per Jonathan Fagan. Who's the first person I see tweet about it. Well, He's the beat reporter for the Rockets.
0: A little disappointing. Uh, Houston Rockets have been playing uh, better lately. Uh, they've won a lot of games since Jalen Green's been out. Uh, they beat Atlanta in Atlanta without Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. So uh, again, they, there aren't a lot of off nights, even some of the worst teams in the league. Uh, they lose a couple of their promising young players, but they got really good veterans there that come in and know how to play and will test teams if you have an off night. So uh, hopefully Evan's able to play. Um, But yeah, I I do think overall having Jared Allen to absorb that physical toll is important because even guys that are more physically developed like Anthony Davis has talked about this season playing a lot of his minutes at center. It's taking a toll on him he that was one of the things that he hated in his last name in New Orleans, uh, like his last year in New Orleans, pardon me, Um, like. That kind of stuff really, really matters, and, and I think that's one of the things that makes this pairing so promising. You would expect both of them to add some functional strength as they continue to get older, um, but I, I do think having Jared Allen to do that it is part of what makes that pairing so alluring uh, as you look at the future.
1: Yeah, and especially like I mean, have you noticed Jared's much better as a post defender than he used to be? Yeah, That used to kind of be the the rap on him is okay, he can block some shots. Okay, he's a pretty good help defender. But uh, like you people who are strong can put him into the under the basket. Yep. And we haven't seen him against an Embiid yet. Um, we have seen him against Jokic, who I, I think he did pretty good against. You know, obviously Jokic is insane. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Jokic puts Rudy Gobert into the basket, and he's like one of the best <laughs> post defenders in basketball. Um, there are you know there are people who are just unguardable. But like for the most part, like guys like Vucevic, I was like, yeah, go ahead and post him. I don't care. It's it's a lot of fun to see.
0: Yeah, and and I, I know his rebounding rate hasn't really shifted a whole lot from last season, but he is playing alongside two other seven footers now right like I, I feel like he's doing a better job securing those contested rebounds and uh, again it, it's one of the things that you pointed to last year where it might not be all of a sudden he's shooting seven threes a game that that might not be what his like growth looks like but it's these improvements in the margins it's physical maturity it's better understanding of the game passing out of the short roll all that kind of stuff is what makes me think that this season a uh, assuming the casting in this position, I, I think he, he's a lock to be an all-star in my opinion. I, I think he absolutely deserves it. I think Darius deserves to be there as well. You can make a case for uh, Mobley. Uh, I think he at least deserves to be in the conversation. So it, it's a, it's a really great position to be in and you know what, it, it's starting to get some national attention too, Carter. You, you were saying you were hoping give that me the, this run, give
1: me the low post call. I, I got a low post podcast instead. I'll settle. <laughs> I'll settle. Uh, you know, uh but uh yeah it was great it's fun I I, we're seeing it all over the place we just mentioned the dunker spot we mentioned uh low having uh Brian Winhorst on and really seems to believe in this team in a way that has kind of caught me off guard I was expecting a little more skepticism I think Mm -hmm. I think he just likes this team and like you you kind of heard that from him he's like I'm looking for red flags and there just aren't that many Right,
0: right. I I actually thought Lo and Wendy did a really good job kind of breaking down the calf situation there. And one of the things that they hit on, which made me feel good because it's something that we've been saying, and I like it when smart people say the same thing as us, because one, I'm vain and selfish and all that sort of thing. But also it just lets me know that, hey, maybe we're on the right track. And to me, that is, hey. I would be cautious of writing off Colin Sexton as a result of this. I mean, it, it's funny to look at it because I, I think you can make arguments one way or another. You can look at data points and argue one way or another. Uh, the Cavs were seven and four with Sexton. They are ten and eight without him. Uh, you don't exactly hear a lot of people saying that the Grizzlies are better without John Moran after going eight and one without him because you know what people will argue in varying degrees of bad faith, uh, depending on what yeah, their and, preconceived and notions don't know of players if it's,
1: are. Yeah. And I don't know how much of it's bad faith as much as like, you know, there is a degree of like, if you have a belief system that the, the backup, you know, uh, the the small backcourt isn't going to work mm-hmm. long-term, you are looking for evidence. Yeah. You're,
0: you're looking and, and, for data points that something else can work well.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that they have found some of that evidence again, I was actually surprised to hear Wendy actually confirm that he doesn't think that either, that he thinks that the, the small backcourt is never going to last. I'm like, I just don't know if I buy that given how well they were defending when before Sexton went down. Like they were already playing really good defense. And while the Okoro thing is crazy, it's not like marketing does that much. And I thought Sexton it's, it's like you're kind of swapping out marketing for Sexton, you know, in a lot of ways. And like, it's Markinen is taller. He can help kind of rim protect a little bit on those weird switches, but Sexton can get over ball screens and, and blow up actions at the point of attack when he's really locked in. So like, I just don't, I'm just surprised that seems to be still consensus wisdom when we were seeing evidence that suggests, the other, suggests otherwise that this is kind of the perfect paradigm for the mm-hmm. small backcourt to work.
0: Yeah, and frankly, like, I don't even really have an opinion on who should be the starter and whatnot. What I am developing an opinion on and um friend of the podcast, our former boss, uh, David Zavak, asked me this question, which was, can you really have it both ways where you are taking this team seriously as a contender, but you also find, consider this to be a foul money season. And therefore, you know, let's not get aggressive on the trade market. And it, one of the things that they mentioned on the low post is being careful like if you were to sell low on sex in this year and i think that extends to isaac okoro as well where you have a situation where yeah you have these three young guys that, that work really well together i would be really really cautious to move on from any of these other guys like uh okoro or sex and i'm cautious young. to
1: move on from anyone I, you know it's funny you, you if you're a listener to this podcast you might think justin is all sunshine and rainbows but behind the scenes he's disloyal he is <laughs> the the trade packages you, this man will put together uh on, on the trade machine and i'm just like <laughs> like good vibes man i i, I can't I, you know i'm all jokes aside obviously we know yeah. you love your voice but like Thank you. I, I just thanks can't. for the clarification Carter. yes obviously um i think it would be clear that i'm not actually airing you out on our podcast <laughs> um but like you know it's funny like even when you send like pretty reasonable ideas that involve anyone in the rotation i'm just like i just feel so good right now like i just like i just want to chase that feeling with this team right now and like Obviously, if a no doubter trade comes across your table, or you can get into a deal and, and pick up a really good asset, then and it's worth it. Obviously, Kobe, I think is, I think Kobe is smart enough to kind of make that decision. Like, I mean, he we literally saw him do it where things, I mean, things were going this well. Yeah. Uh, last year, we saw the team doing better than we thought, and he still picked up Jared Allen and right. said, like, hey, you know, th- this might be hard in the locker room, but I'm not letting a talent like this go. So I think that does tell you that Kobe will make those kind of decisions, but like, I'm just not seeking them out right now, man. Like all I want is to, to trade some seconds and maybe some, some low end salary to go pick up like Torrey Craig, Justin holiday, you know, like some, I want the night, I want the Cavs to feel good enough about their ninth man to stop playing an eight man rotation and no more. Yeah. And David, when he mentioned
0: that to me, basically saying, can you have it both ways, my gut instinct was I want to kind of ride out this season. I want to like Okoro to get these reps, even if it costs the team a a win or two, I, I want to see him develop. I want to give him this opportunity because when you have Sexton and Okoro in particular, I think, you have a lot of future upside there because you have guys that are really hardworking that get along with the rest of the guys in the core that have already shown a willingness to change their game and sacrifice. We don't know. Like if Cor- Coral blows up uh, the rest of the season and he plays great and it works really well, you might have to go into a situation where Sexton might come off the bench. We have seen ricky rubio come off the bench and basically play starters minutes when you're playing an eight-man rotation where everyone's playing 26 minutes it's not like anyone is getting a raw deal there right like if you play well you earn minutes and like i i just i i would caution people like i i understand the dynamic has obviously changed with him being out Gar- garland has taken a new role and you were going to want to keep him in that role he's playing really well uh evan mobley and jared allen obvious focal points on both ends of the floor uh but sexton's a guy that came into the nba not a three-point shooter he was a mid-range guy uh that might be able to score a little bit in the pick and roll um not not a great passer he was supposed to be a very good defender and then with throughout his rookie year turned into a good three-point shooter then he developed an off-ball game then he developed his passing right like he, and then this season, he was playing good defense, playing even more off-ball, like really sacrificing in a lot of ways. I really want to see what this team looks like with all of their young guys next year. Because I, I just, at the very least, I like I, I think you have to be aggressive in looking to see what options are available in the market because you don't want to miss an opportunity. But the way I feel like when it comes to the Cavs, let's say top eight, so Rubio, Love, uh, and Jetty, making up the the rest of the top eight this year as well as colin Sexton, i would really put a premium on the chemistry that the Cavs have right now like i I, yep. I wouldn't i wouldn't swap like dollar for dollar this seems like a fair trade i think it would need to be something that's really in their favor to move on from someone within there because i do think that there's a real value to this um part of the Cavs social team here um madison curly shared a video yesterday of love during a break in action talking to evan mobley like instructing him and and she pointed out like mobley has credited love as being that number one vet for him that's always been in his ear that's giving him a lot of support a lot of feedback uh rubio's obviously paid huge dividends for garland and and the rest of the young guys like
1: i i really do think that like a a prose of nothing uh tony brown in the chat just said thoughts on that article from bleacher report suggesting a russell westbrook for kevin love ricky rubio deal no, 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 no. I can't
0: think of a more disruptive player. Uh, <laughs> I, that, that would not uh, That would not be the most attractive thing in the world. So like, I in general, uh, I, I, I read it just to get
1: a reaction out of you. I'm sorry.
0: And, and you know what? Uh, the, the viewers on YouTube will get to enjoy that reaction. But I, I'm mostly with you. Like, I, I think if you can add to the rotation a little bit, because let's look at the reality of the situation. A lot of guys are, are testing positive for COVID right now. You are going to miss guys. You want to reduce the the load on uh, the bodies. Uh, you 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 have to have some depth. I, I would be open to that, but breaking up the core, like I I, I really do think no. that there's a value in kind of riding out the rest of the season, unless it's something that so obviously tips the scales both now and in the future that you just kind of have to do it.
1: Yeah, I just think the reality is like even if you were someone who wanted to move on from this team right now and and start messing up that core and, and shaking it up and trying to go, you know, big game hunting with talent, I feel like that ship just kind of sailed the sexton. The second sexton got hurt, you know? Like it's hard to do a two for one or a three for one, even if you're not involving sexton. Mm-hmm. if if you don't have that extra body you can really count on you know yeah so like i don't know i just i just don't see it happening i just would rather i would just much much rather uh see them make mo- uh, moves at the margins and just get a little bit better and a little bit more secure when players are hurt and no more
0: yeah and, and i think you really have to factor the the personality component into this as well like even if you're talking about someone like Cam Reddish, who, who makes under $5 million a year, that would be really easy to make the money work. And maybe it's a draft capital type thing. To me, I'd be a little cautious because Atlanta's had bogey hurt. They've had Hunter be hurt. Uh, they need Cam Reddish, and they are not really willing to pay him. The three-point shooting, like he's thirty-two percent for his career, can't finish within the arc. Um, I I mean, you think if people if people have issues with Colin Sexton's uh, four and a half assists a game, they're not going to love Cam's like zero point nine. Like I, I, I think introducing a larger personality or, or someone that you don't have confidence is going to fit within the locker room. is something you have to factor into. Like I, I, I think that there's a real value in, in preserving what you have going on this season and just, you know, maybe supplementing it a little bit, nothing too sexy. I, I, I don't. Maybe, expect- maybe
1: if this was, maybe if we were a couple of weeks ago and Isaac was mired in his terrible slump, you could have talked me into it a little bit more, but like, again like you're kind of just getting Isaac who can shoot a little bit better and pass a yeah. lot worse and defend uh worse but not a worse. lot worse cuz yeah. Reddish is a uh, is a great defender in his own right uh and just that size i, I just think like it if you can if you like get when, Reddish, when we
0: were in person watching Cam Reddish like both of us were really okay. on board with it because at the time we didn't like we didn't know if Lori at the 3 was going to work I, in fact we were both against it like pretty sure uh, we, it we, wasn't going to. <laughs> we, we were pretty sure it wasn't going to work um we did not know what the situation was going to be with kevin love like embracing kind of that um first big off the bench kind of role and he's done that so now that you're in a situation where you kind of have a little bit more of a sample size uh we're almost reaching a, the halfway point of the season I I would be really, really cautious in in figuring out exactly who I'm adding to the locker room like I I, and this is not a indictment on camera i know actually nothing about him off the court i I know nothing about him in the locker room i'm talking about someone that's going to expect minutes and and a role and looking to earn a a paycheck coming up in this contract year right like there's a lot of factors that go into that and right now you have such an environment where everybody's sacrificing everyone's trying to make the right play and, and you know contribute to the collective you got to be careful. And, and I, I really do think it would need to be a value plus for me to consider moving on or, or making any sort of drastic move this year.
1: Yeah. I didn't agree more. I just think like, you just got to be careful with, with the kind of vibes that you're creating. Cause this team is, as we've noted more than the sum of their parts right now, mm-hmm. and anything, anyone who messes with that very, very delicate chemistry should be brought in with great care.
0: Yeah. And and I I don't think it's as simple as saying, like, even even if it was an opportunity to move Kevin Love, like, I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh, we're moving him for someone that's 32. So you're moving vet for vet. So you still have, you know, like a veteran presence in the locker room. No, it's not that simple. Like Kevin Love has a track record of this. So uh, I I do think that I I, I have confidence that Kobe's going to show discretion, right? Like, uh, it's, it's a great, great job putting this together, but...
1: Yeah. If nothing else, it's a great test. It's a, you know, Hey, you have found a mix of players that are doing great work for you. Mm -hmm. It's a team that seems to like each other. You have prioritized uh, a certain type of player in your, in your kind of acquisition models. Yeah. Like how much do you really believe in what you've done and, and how willing are you to like keep pushing versus letting things grow? Because the reality is, as much as we, you know, because the counter is, I think both of us are pretty, would be pretty thrilled with very, very minor moves at most. Mm-hmm. Um, the counter, of course, is, you know, every time you have a team this young, there's, everyone says, oh, you got four or five years with these guys. And it's just so rarely is the case. Yeah. You know, like, these windows are shorter than we think they are. And, like, if you are of the opinion that this team is pretty darn close, then Yeah it makes sense go crazy but i just again i just don't think that the pieces are there to make the kind of trade that makes it worth it so it's like is it really worth trading legitimate draft capital for for cam reddish i just maybe it is but then you got to pay him they're already perilously close to i just think they're just going to everything matters more like we've always said this collecting assets is the easiest part of being a gm it -hmm. just is spending assets is the hardest (laughs) Yeah,
0: it, it really is. And, and when you already have a, a product as good as the Cavs have, like I, I think it buys you the luxury of time. Like you can figure, you can take a little more time to figure this stuff out and, and be cautious with it. It's it's not a situation like the Mavericks where you feel like you have an accelerated timeline with Luka, you don't have any other pieces with him, so you take a swing for Porzingis, right? So uh, hopefully... Uh, I I would expect them to use discretion here. I I would expect Kobe at this point we we can have some confidence in him, right? Like the, the roster building has been very good. Uh, This will be a very interesting week. I guess the next podcast will be on Monday as there is a back to back on
1: Saturday, Sunday, Carter, you're abandoning me again, aren't you? I'm going on another work trip. So yeah, I'm going to miss the next one, but then I'll be back through the, through the end of the year. As far as I know,
0: hurting my feelings, man, absolutely hurting my feelings. You will be missed. But we got an interesting stretch of games. Uh, Houston Rockets on Wednesday. A few days off before a back to get back against Milwaukee and Atlanta. Obvious uh, standings implications there. Let's keep our fingers crossed with this COVID situation. Uh, The whole Omicron thing. uh, Not not the most fun. Uh, If I can, Bob. If I can be honest, it's messing with my mentals a little bit, but you know what? We're, we're not doctors here, so uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that everything works out there. Uh, so thank you to everyone that's tuning in on YouTube. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Click that notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via on, on podcast, you can support us by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the Chase Downs exclusive Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it make sure you guys are staying safe out there and until next time keo okay.